Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Wednesday, February 15th. Coming up today... Inflation in the UK slows more than expected. Fed officials push plans for more rate hikes until prices are under control. Shares of Barclays slump as earnings from the bank disappoint. And Elon Musk says he'll stay as Twitter's CEO until the company is more stable. The NYPD is learning more about the driver of Monday's U-Haul truck attack, plus the gunman behind the mass shooting at a Buffalo supermarket will be sentenced today. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashower in sports. The Devils won 3-2. The Islanders lost 3-2. Big East wins for St. John's and Seton Hall. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. The business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Each morning on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. We begin with inflation and interest rates in focus around the world. Let's start in Europe, where data this morning show UK inflation slowed more than expected. We go live to London and get the latest with Bloomberg's Ewan Potts. Good morning, Ewan. Good morning, Nathan and Karen. UK consumer prices rose 10.1% in the year to January, down from the 10.5% pace in the previous month. It's the third month of declining inflation, with a dip in the price of fuel for cars a key driver, restaurant prices also rising more slowly. It's welcome news for the Bank of England, but with inflation still five times over target and wage growth coming in hot, the bank has plenty of work to do. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ewan, thanks. Well, back here in the U.S., more Fed officials are raising the specter of higher rates. We spoke exclusively with Richmond Fed President Thomas Barkin. We may or may not uh, choose to take rates up further if inflation continues to persist, but we'll have to see what happens. If inflation settles, uh, maybe we don't go quite as far. But if inflation persists at levels well above our, our target, maybe we'll have to do more. Well, like Richmond Fed President Tom Barkin, New York Fed Chief John Williams said controlling inflation remains the top priority. I am confident that the gears of monetary policy will continue to move in a way that will bring inflation down to 2%. We will stay the course until our job is done. New York Fed President John Williams spoke at the New York Bankers Association in Manhattan. Well, Karen, one of the Fed's most dovish voices is headed to the White House. President Biden has named Vice Chair Lyle Brainerd as his top economic advisor. And the president's also promoting Jared Bernstein to chairman of the Council of Economic Advisors. Moody's Analytics Chief Economist Mark Zandi says he is a fan of both. They both have a long history working with President Biden and the rest of the administration. You know, they've been in Lael was, in, you know, in the Treasury and at the Fed, and Jared's been was vice president, vice president Biden back in the Obama administration. Mark Zandi at Moody spoke with our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the show weekdays 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio or listen on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Well, now, Nathan, Fed officials get another economic report to inform their next policy decision. And this morning we get the January reading on retail sales. And here with a preview is Bloomberg's Michael McKee. 
Americans did something different in January. They bought more cars. That should help retail sales rebound after a surprise decline in December. The gasoline they put in those cars also cost more during the month, and sales are denominated in dollars. Clothing stores may also have seen higher sales, as apparel prices unexpectedly rose in January. That's not the dynamic the Fed wants to see. Policymakers are hoping demand drops so inflation will fall. A strong retail report would keep market concerns about higher interest rates front and center. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. Mike, thanks. On the earnings front, we're watching shares of Barclays. They are down more than 8.5%. The company or the uh, banks trading about fixed income and equities missed estimates. Barclays also docked its bonus pool by about $600 million last year. On the flip side, commodities giant Glencore saw its profit rise 60% to a record $34.1 billion. Glencore will also return more than $7 billion to shareholders in dividends and buybacks. Well, here in the U.S., Nathan, a couple of travel-related companies are surging in early trading. Airbnb gave a first-quarter revenue forecast that was stronger than expected. And online travel company TripAdvisor reported fourth-quarter results that beat estimates. And both stocks are up more than 9% this morning. Turning to Silicon Valley now, it looks like you're not going to see a new CEO at Twitter until next year. Elon Musk talked about the succession plan at the World Government Summit in Dubai. I think I need to stabilize the organization and just make sure it's in a financially healthy place and that the product roadmap is clearly laid out. So I don't know, I'm guessing probably towards the end of this year it would be good timing to find uh, someone else to run the company because I think it should be in a stable position around uh, you know, at the end of this year. Meantime, Musk is reportedly taking steps to boost his tweets. We get the latest live with Bloomberg's Steve Rappaport. Steve, good morning. Good morning, Karen and Nathan. Elon Musk was said to be incensed when his Super Bowl tweet generated a mere 9 million impressions, whereas a similar post from President Biden was viewed more than 29 million times. The tech news website Platformer reports Musk ordered his team to alter the social network's algorithm to prioritize his posts. Twitter users on Monday complained their feeds were flooded with Musk's musings. The CEO later tweeted, Stay tuned while we make adjustments to the, uh, algorithm, that last word in quotes. Live in New York, I'm Steve Rappaport, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Steve, thanks. Moves by Warren Buffett to tell you about this morning. Berkshire Hathaway increased the size of its bets on Apple, Paramount Global, and Louisiana Pacific in the fourth quarter. At the same time, Buffett slashed his holding of Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing just months after disclosing a major stake. Taiwan Semiconductor is down almost 4%. And from one billionaire to another, Ray Dalio is speaking out about U.S.-China relations. The founder of Bridgewater Associates says China is coming out on top in the trade war with the U.S. But he told the conference in Dubai the standoff between the world's two biggest economies will likely not escalate into military conflict. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. It is 47 degrees in Central Park. It's going to be partly sunny, breezy, and quite mild today. Highs in the low 60s. Overnight, we'll get down to around 50. Time now to take a look at some of the other stories making news in New York and around the world with Bloomberg's Michael Barr. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. Police in New York City are revealing new details into a U-Haul driver's frame of mind after veering onto sidewalks and ramming into bicyclists and moped riders in a Bay Ridge, Brooklyn neighborhood Monday. Police say the driver, 62-year-old, Wingsor hit nine people, killing one, and my PD chief of detectives, James Essek. He states when he's driving his van, he sees an invisible object come towards the car, and at that point he says, I've had enough, and he goes on his rampage. 
Chief Essex says Soar has been charged with murder and attempted murder. Schools in Ewing Township, New Jersey, were closed yesterday out of caution after police say there was a connection to the gunman who killed three people and wounded five others on the Michigan State University campus on Monday. Police say they found a note on Anthony McRae threatening Ewing schools. According to authorities, McRae had ties to the Ewing area and apparently had an old issue with the school district. McRae also listed other additional locations for an attack, including Franklin Park, New Jersey. Meanwhile, a vigil will be held tonight on Michigan State's East Lansing campus for the victims of the mass shooting. This MSU student visited the growing campus memorial. This is going to shake MSU for, for forever, and um, it definitely shook me as a student. Classes won't resume at MSU until Monday. A white supremacist is set to be sentenced to life in prison today for the May shooting deaths of 10 black people at a Buffalo supermarket. Peyton Gendron, now 19, is scheduled to appear in Erie County Court. He pleaded guilty in November to charges including murder and domestic terrorism motivated by hate. After calling municipal employees back to the office after the height of the pandemic, New York Mayor Eric Adams appears now to offer some sort of a compromise for city employees who can work from home. And we're saying to our agencies, come up with creative ways of having flexibility, but when you do it, how do we operate as a team? What do we do for the people who can't work from home? Mayor Adams says he wants to avoid a two-tier system where some can work from home and others cannot, and how to help those who have to come into work be compensated. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. Thank you, Michael. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update, brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Good morning, John Stanshaw. Good morning, Nathan. Quite a win for the Devils. Look to be headed to overtime in Columbus. Ryan Graves scored with one second left. Devils won 3-2. It's their 35th win, 20th on the road. The Islanders lost 3-2 in a shootout at home against Ottawa. And the Rangers go for a sixth straight win tonight. They're in Vancouver. The Knicks' final game before the All-Star break is tonight in Atlanta. College Hoops, St. John's needed double overtime. but got a win at DePaul. And Seton Hall beat lowly Georgetown. Also, Rutgers lost at home to Nebraska. All NFL teams now have a head coach. The last to hire were Indianapolis and Arizona. They both hired Philadelphia assistant Shane Stryken, 37 years old, just coached the Eagles' offense. Now he takes over the Colts. 39-year-old Jonathan Gannon was the Eagles' defensive coordinator, and now he will lead the Cardinals. As expected, Derek Carr, the Raiders quarterback the past nine seasons, is now a free agent, and since he was released, he becomes eligible to sign right away. In Port St. Lucie, Mets pitchers and catchers officially report today. Manager Buck Showalter starts his second season on the job. It all starts on an even level playing field, and nobody cares about any of that stuff between the lines, trust me. It's, am I better than you, and are you better than me, and let's see where we are at the end of the year, and let's get a chance to roll the dice in October. Well, last October didn't go well for the Mets. Big change on the Mets pitching staff, Justin Verlander in, Jacob DeGrom out. Tiger Woods, first tournament over a year. The Genesis at Riviera in L.A. is going to play tomorrow with Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas. John Stash, that one, Bloomberg Sports. 
Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager with inflation in focus on both sides of the Atlantic. After the stronger-than-expected inflation data we got out of the U.S. yesterday, we have a downside surprise in the United Kingdom, with consumer prices dropping for a third straight month to their lowest level since September. So what could that mean for a Bank of England that has been aggressively hiking interest rates? Simon French is with us for more on this, chief economist at Panmure Gordon. Simon, it's great to speak with you this morning. How big a surprise was it that we saw January consumer prices in the UK dip to 10.1% instead of the uh, consensus figure, although 10.1% is still double digits. It's pretty high, right? Yeah, good morning, Nathan. You're absolutely right. It's important to put a downside surprise in its context. We're still seeing double-digit inflation in the United Kingdom, and that is uncomfortable for policymakers, both at the Bank of England and the Treasury. In terms of your question on how surprising it was, we expected a downward move, but what was really interesting looking at the seasonally adjusted number month-on-month, it was up just 0.1%. That's the lowest monthly increase since July 2021. And if we transpose that with the monthly increase in the United States of 0.5% yesterday, it looks like the UK is coming back into the pack, albeit slowly, on uh, what has been global inflation that has picked up very aggressively around the world and is now coming down. But it's going to come down at different rates based on geographies, based on the degree to which energy and shelter is in your CPI index. But this is encouraging data for the UK economy. Is it encouraging enough that we can start to bring the Bank of England into the conversation that's been surrounding the Fed over the last few months about dialing back interest rate hikes even further or even pausing interest rate increases? That's very much a live debate. And what this data this morning gives is those uh, doves on the Monetary Policy Committee here in the United Kingdom additional ammunition going into the March meeting. The the market sees a 25 basis point increase from the Bank of England in March with about a 75% likelihood. Um, Has that softened a little bit this morning? Yes, I think it has. I think that's the right interpretation. Um, But the Bank of England, having done 390 basis points of hikes so far since December 2021, was always starting to change its narrative to... Um, talk about a bit of a wait-and-see approach, a bit of a potentially a mid-cycle pause, trying to assess how much of that tightening, particularly in the UK mortgage market for residential real estate, is going to still play out in the years to come. And they want to be moving to data dependency rather than rate hike autopilot, which they've been for most of the last 12 months. Interesting to talk about data dependency. It's almost as though the Bank of England is getting even closer to a parallel with the Federal Reserve when it comes to the policy Mm. path. Is that what you're seeing? 
Yes, it, look, the, the Bank of England has, although it's got a very different domestic economic backdrop, it has had to, like a lot of central banks, perhaps with the only really exclusion of the Bank of Japan, has had to man-mark the Federal Reserve because the Federal Reserve has been on a path which dictates global financial conditions. And unless the Bank of England wanted to let the pound sterling fall out, fall even further than it did in the last 12 months, then it needed to keep pace. So the fact that the narratives are pretty similar is not a bug. It's a feature of the way the central banks have dealt with this inflationary surge. Uh, I think in terms of whether the same uh, core inflationary pressures are going to play out uh, will determine, be dictated a lot by the labour market dynamics. And if I can just pull on the data point from the last 24 hours on the UK jobs market, there are about 100,000 jobs added in January. Now, the UK economy is about a fifth the size, the labour market is about a fifth the size of the US. So that's about half a million new jobs added. That's very parallel with what we saw in the January's payroll data for, in the US. So you've got very similar labour market backdrops, which suggest very similar response functions from both the Federal Reserve and the Bank of England. Only have about 30 seconds left here, Simon. But after the stronger than expected inflation we got in the U.S. yesterday, does that raise the possibility that we could see the terminal rate rise even more from this Federal Reserve? I think the market's got it about right. I don't think I took away from the data yesterday that a pricing of two to three hikes, 25-bit hikes, is, is, is massively wrong. I think we've got still quite a lot of data to travel, still a lot of uh, assessments of core inflation and the degree to which shelters doing a lot of that work. But I think the pricing is about right in the market at the moment. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.